Welcome back to the PCS Podcast, your home for all things competitive Pokemon TCG. In this week's episode, we go over the results from the Vancouver and the Natal Regional Championships. We have a wonderful interview with our special guest, Vulcan Turtle TCG, and then we go over a hard-hitting subject about what judges should and definitely should not do at regional events, and we wrap the show up with our predictions for the Netherlands special event. Justin and Turtle, how are you guys doing? Let's start with Justin. I'm good. Um, I had another fun weekend of doing some outside uh, gardening stuff for that box garden I built my wife I talked about last week, so uh, turning into a little bit, little bit of a farmer, um, fun stuff. Uh, it's been kind of cool, actually, you know, being in Florida, it's nice and hot already, so just getting out and enjoying it before it's miserably hot. Um, did play a little bit of Pokemon this weekend, um, made a super egregious misplay that... Uh, kind of ruined the small run for me um just kind of it's like one of those like why did i do that moments and you know i don't mind losing by getting outplayed but when i lose to myself it always sucks so other than that just uh hanging out with the family and you know getting ready for another full week of work how are you doing man uh i'm good before before we start talking about me um let's ask uh turtle how are you doing vulcan turtle tcg welcome to the podcast man how are you Hey, thanks, man. Uh, I'm doing great. I had a pretty decent weekend. Didn't have too much going on. Just watched the regionals and uh, went to locals, you know, testing and practicing for the upcoming Charlotte regionals. But uh, other than that, pretty quiet weekend. Just chill. Nothing going on. Very cool. Very cool. Um, my week was good. It worked. It's uh, first week of my new work schedule, and it was long. Um, I <laughs> On my very first day, uh, I had a fever of 102 at work, and I ended up only working like two hours and then dipping. It was wild. I don't know what it was, if it was like a cold or some sort of flu, or maybe it, it felt like pneumonia, but man, it was it had me out. I was bedridden all day, but I did have to skip locals because of that, and I didn't play or really watch that much Pokemon this week at all because the Optic Call of Duty Major was going on and my buddies were there so I was very distracted trying to see them on stream because they were very actively getting in the camera when it panned to the crowd. But I did watch a little bit of the recaps. I saw what won the events. And speaking of events, let's talk about Vancouver, but not before we talk about Ultimate Guard. When it's time to upgrade your TCG storage or just to resleeve your favorite deck, make sure you check out Ultimate Guard's premium accessories. Vancouver had 526 Masters. This is kind of a smaller event. I really did expect this one to be much larger. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought I, Whenever I just saw the numbers when you posted these, I actually was kind of shocked. It's like half the size of what we've been seeing recently, uh, and even less than half for a couple of them. But yeah, still nonetheless, 526 Masters is no small feat for uh, someone like Ian Robb to take the win. Yeah, very cool. Lugia V-Star, Vulcan Turtle, TCG. What can you tell me about this list, buddy? This list is, in my opinion, just kind of like very straightforward Lugia. The one thing that I will say that I enjoy that is extremely different from other Lugia lists is recognizing and respecting paralysis. So Ian Rob's got a copy of Escape Rope in his list and that could come in handy. Now, I like that idea because it's, you know, you're not wasting your supporter for turn with Bird Keeper and getting something else in the active, but other than that, it's it's very straight cut forward. It's it's just proof that you don't have to do much to Lugia for it to still be so good. Yeah, this is true and I think that we'll talk about this later as well. Uh, you just don't need a whole lot of supporter-driven draw uh, because the deck just takes prizes naturally and feeds you resources. Like, there's really no breaking whatsoever, and I feel like, in this deck. Unless it's your first hand, of course, but that could be overcome with a quick Luminion as well. And like you had mentioned, the Escape Rope is definitely new, but what we're not seeing here is stuff like Wash Energy, which definitely got very popular, electing to go with the Speed Lightning Energy and giving more outs to utilizing Raikou um, in most matchups. Uh, Justin, was there anything in this list that really stood out to you? Um, not necessarily. Not uh, sorry. Not necessarily anything that stood out other than the escape rope itself. Um, like 
Vulcan Turtle said, I like that because you don't have to utilize your supporter for turns, so if you need to like escape rope boss in the same turn to get around something, uh, like we saw in the finals with uh, against Gudra, that can just be really powerful as an extra like switching option. Um, but yeah, I, I've mentioned in the past, as far as the energy counts go, um, I've... As far as, like, I don't play Lugia, but testing with my testing group that does play Lugia, um, we've all elected to like the Lightning Energy more because not only does it help with Raikou, but it also can help with things like your Evil Tall um, instead of attaching another Aurora Energy to it as well, too. So it's just giving you more options to utilize those amazing rares um, without, you know, discarding all your Aurora Energies off of one getting knocked out. So, yeah, I just like the utility in in it. Um, Other than that, yeah, it's just... To me, it's streamlined, you know, vanilla Lugia. Um, and I have to give a shout-out to Ian on his mat, too. I think it's hilarious with the Andrew Hedrick winning mat. It's actually not his. This is the same list that he played, but this is Isaiah Shevel's list. So, um, ah. uh, yeah, so we had to kind of snake the photo because Ian was trapped out of his Twitter all week but yes this is a great play Matt. i thought this was incredibly meme worthy for sure and uh oh, seeing isaiah on that <laughs> no you're all good seeing isaiah with his head down uh on the table is very funny but very unfortunate simultaneously but second place kobe and i don't want to like miss say this but it literally looks like kawasaki um took second with the goo god himself Vulcan Turtle TCG I would like your perspective on this list yeah uh Gudra was one of those cards that like when it first came out I was like super into like I was playing it a ton and then it kind of just like died off so it's I'm actually really happy to see that a lot of players are opting to play Gudra because the way that the meta is right now it has such a good matchup against a lot of the most played decks Lugia isn't the worst matchup in the world for you. Lost box decks, if they're not playing Rayquaza, which a lot of those decks seem to have gone away, are really good because you're reducing 80. Like, you have such good matchups with Gudra here. Now, again, this is kind of like a straightforward Gudra in a sense. Uh, One of the more important things that I see here is they don't actually play two Roxanne here. Uh, A lot of the earlier Gudra lists were playing two Roxanne. Uh, This one only plays one. Uh, The three Cape of... uh, what are those? Uh, Temples of Sinnoh. That's it. Yeah, Temple of Sinnoh's here. Really like the Temple of Sinnoh's at three. There were some lists that were cutting it down to two. But I think one of the more important de- techs here from the popular Gudra lists is uh, playing the Big Parasol. Uh, there was a list that did really well that didn't play Big Parasol. And I think a lot of Gudra lists have respected the fact that Yveltal can be a problem. Uh, so I really enjoy the fact that there is a Big Parasol here and the choice belt so they can swing over some of those little baby v's that they can boss out yeah i tend to agree um seeing one cram totally necessary it's an easier easy flower selecting if you know there's one in the deck you're never going to part ways with that one uh it does fix a lot of math on things with higher hp that 200 isn't really taking down um and it just trades favorably into cram as well uh justin what do you got yeah, um, I like the fact that they added the choice belt in there just in case, you know, you're going first um, and then on your second turn you can be able to take a potential really strong knockout on a, something like a basic V. Um, I also do like the fact that they seem to up their counts of capture energy. A lot of previous lists we seen, uh, we saw were kind of running two, if not uh, none whatsoever. Um, so the fact that there's four adds a lot of consistency. I mean, obviously later in the game, if you, you know, you've got a temple out, it kind of doesn't help you there. But Gudra does have a colorless energy requirement anyway, so it works for that. Um, as well as just being really strong for the comfies to be able to capture energy onto a comfy, get that other comfy onto the bench, use that to discard and bring the next comfy up. So really, really strong. Um, I would would have loved to see a, a second Roxanne, but I guess if you just time it really, really well, um, it, you know, Roxanne always hurts, or, well, 98% of the time hurts. Um, but other than that, yeah, I just really, I really do like this. I was a big fan of Gudra as well. Granted, I was playing the RCS Gudra build. Um, I've recently started putting a little bit of time in with with this version, but um, yeah, no, I just, I really like it. It is pretty consistent for Gudra um, with all your items and stuff being pretty high counts. So um, just overall, great consistent list that was nicely, you know, Gudra is kind of the uh, the prom queen, uh, right? So the runner up, never, you know. Or not the prom queen, I guess the runner-up to the prom queen. It's gotten second three times now, and it's. I think it's just, it needs to break through, and it almost had that chance here as well, too. 
Yeah, I like that they didn't try to get cute and go with a double Drapion. I feel like Mew is a, a hard matchup to overcome, especially if you're trying to race to that Mirage Gate level. But other than that, man, very consistent list. I love the three boss. You can just kind of pick and choose what you're going to gust and go from there. But GG's, second place, still very respectable. Got to keep Gudra in mind when you are building for events. I didn't have a lot of cool honorable mentions. Nothing that really stood out to me, so I wanted to shout out my teammate. He's a senior on our team. His name is Mitchell, and he played Reggie's and took second which is incredible for this dude. He's bound to get his win very, very soon. Um, he's from my area, and I've gotten beaten by him several times, and uh, he is an outstanding player. So GG's Mitchell, uh, very, very sick to see you finish. You guys like the list? Oh, I'm a Reggie player through and through. My last few regionals, I was playing Reggie's, and yes, I 100% like the list. <laughs> Very yes, cool. Very same cool. here. You know me. I'm I'm a Reggie player as well. Took it to my last two regionals, and yeah, just really, really, uh, really hyped for him to get a second place finish. Yeah, no, very, very cool. So let's move on to Natal 263 Masters. Uh, these Brazilian events tend to be a little smaller, but it doesn't mean the competition isn't quite as fierce. Uh, William, I'm not going to try to pronounce that last name. Uh, 12 0 and 5 with Lugia V Star, and it's got all the techs. Uh, you're looking at the Manaphy, the Pumpkaboo, the Dunsparce, and the Oranguru, and it just feels like there's too many cards in this deck because they're also running double Irida. Uh, Justin, I'll let you take it off with your opinion on this one. Yeah, I thought the double Irida was actually very interesting in this list. That was one of the first things I noticed. Um, electing to kind of not have that third professor's research and putting that in its place. Um, like you kind of alluded to earlier on, with Lugia, you kind of just punch the things that are in front of you, and you don't really need to aggressively draw. So, I mean, if you don't want to discard all those energies that are potentially stacked up in your hand, uh, kind of, you know, in a, in a way, it makes sense. It allows you to find certain items you need, um, as well as getting stuff like your Luminions uh, or um, Manaphy and things like that. So... Uh, outside of that, it's pretty straightforward. Um, like you said, it has all the text, like all the text. But um, I do think that's a pretty interesting inclusion just so you can find that uh, Irida a lot faster. Yeah, I tend to agree. Vulcan Turtle TCG, I want your opinions, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree here too. I, I like the idea of cutting the research for a, another Irida because there's going to be times where you're going to have a bunch of energy in hand that you just don't want to discard. But the Irida is really nice here. And, and another really interesting piece that I like about this list is that there's only one vacuum. Now, most of the time, you're only really going to need one vacuum unless you get checkmate between like a parasol and a path. And then you got to choose between the two. Uh, but that Irida helps you find that extra consistency because in those dire situations, you know that you're going to be able to get that that uh, vacuum. And you know you're going to be able to get whatever item card you need. So you could go get vacuum. Uh, and with the Irida as well, uh, if you have a second one, you can get something like Quick Ball so you can get Pumpkaboo down and get rid of whatever you need, uh, as well as juggling through your Luminions. So I really actually enjoy this list. I want to say it's very straightforward, but there's a lot of more, there's a lot more avenues that you actually create with this type of list versus the other type of list simply by adding that second Irida. So I like it a lot. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, realistically, you only need to use your your V-Star power that second turn. Uh, so giving yourself double Irida, Pump Kaboo, plus Vacuum gives you just um, a pretty good block of outs to do just that. Other than that, yeah, you might get pathed out, so your um, Radiant Charizard or your Luminion might get stuck. But at the same time, it's nothing that anything Archaeops can't power up. They can't deal with itself. Uh when you're looking at the second place list uh, played by Diego, another Lugia list. Everyone is very surprised. I can see it in their face. Uh, but this one runs just a little bit more Lugia and runs a little bit more energy to power it up. Justin, what are your thoughts, buddy? So I, I know it's like there's only literally one or two card difference from the previous list, but uh, I mean pretty much all the lists we're seeing today. But the biggest thing I noticed right off the bat is the energy counts. Um, they're missing that uh, speed lightning energy in there, or you know, if you wanted to have the wash energy. And to me, that just seems, I don't want to say bad, but it just seems like you have less option for 
attacks that need like a colored energy on them. Um, and that's the biggest thing. By doing that, they elected to add the third Lugia V-Star in there, where a lot of people have kind of cut their list down to just the 3-2 line. Um, so I don't know, you know, obviously we didn't see this game or this streamed or anything like that. So we don't know if that came down to like the final matchup. They just were whiffing an energy or they were one short. But to me, I could definitely see where that could hinder a little bit, especially when you're taking knockouts back and forth on different one prizes and losing energy is pretty left and right. Um, other than that, we see um, from the first place list, it is back to a three count of research and one Irda instead. Um, it seems like everyone's starting to include Irda in their lists again. Um, you know, we were seeing things like Skyla also make an appearance, but not so much anymore. Um, I think Irda's just really strong with searching out those items and a water Pokemon, especially when you're running things like Luminion and Manaphy. So, um, like I said, still streamlined Lugia lists. It's just missing that one energy that gives it that extra consistency in my opinion i tend to agree uh turtle what are your thoughts buddy so when i'm looking at this list there's one thing that immediately comes to mind and it's uh toward reklov <laughs> toward reklov uh he actually won the international sao paulo with a list extremely similar with the four powerful color lists four aurora four capture two double turbo and a hiding darkness energy so it was the first tournament like where lugia was legal and it was just built to be maximum lugia with its support partners and all that stuff and if this list is a like proof of anything it's what we had said earlier you don't have to do much to lugia for it to be a consistently good list i mean this list is very very similar to tordrek loves that was the very first tournament where lugia was legal he won it here we are a couple of months later and it's almost run it back and so it just shows that you don't have to do much to this deck for it to actually be consistently good Right. If you tinker too much, like when you start cutting V-Stars, when you start assuming that Archeops is going to be that consistent card played, then you start to lose a little bit of consistency. So there's not that much room for spicy tech in a Lugia list, and that's why you don't see anything outside of like maybe the Flying Peaks here and there. Uh, but what I do like is if you're going to run the 4 Capture for max consistency, running the 4 Lugia plus the dunsparce Manaphy combo actually makes it a pretty difficult matchup for something along the lines of Reggie. And I think maybe that's what their field consisted of more. And I think that I definitely like that line of play for sure. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, but I, I don't know. I just feel like utilizing that Raikou, um, or, you know, your your tech attackers a little more consistently it just feels so strong in Lugia. Um, but I guess in the right field, like you mentioned, can be very powerful in that aspect. Yep, for sure. So we are actually going to move on from a couple topics and jump into our real topic of today, which is our interview with Vulcan Turtle tcg and before i start letting you go off on the questions i gave you you have to answer 20 questions in under a minute that i'm going to give you right now okay easy you, enough you ready okay cool yeah. so timer is started favorite color orange favorite pokemon torkoal favorite deck ever um reggie's a player you admire cal connor a place you would like to travel or play a regional at? Japan. Summer, winter, spring, or fall? Spring. Coke or Pepsi? Oh, Pepsi. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Yes. Dogs or cats? Cats. Team Aqua or Team Magma? Magma. Watch VODs or live stream? Live streams. Uh, for favorite type of music? Uh, big band. Favorite activity outside of the TCG? movie watching favorite athlete don't have one <laughs> <laughs> yellow or silver borders silver full art or alt art full art buy singles or open packs singles come for your chorus first you chorus first heads or tails heads and the name of the street you grew up on uh, <laughs> uh i think it was called evangeline that one never counts all right very good <laughs> Very good. All right. You, content creator, streamer, and TCG player extraordinaire. Um, when did you start playing Pokemon? 
so I started playing Pokemon itself at a young age, but I never understood like the TCG. Uh, we kind of just made up our own rules and took each other's prize cards. <laughs> but uh, I started actually like getting serious in the TCG at around the release of Sword and Shield and started playing competitively at the beginning of like 2022. Da, very cool. And why did you start playing? I started playing because uh, a lot of people probably don't know this, but I am a Marine Corps veteran. And after I got out in the, uh, into the real world after you know leaving the Marine Corps, I needed something to do. And I had an interest in Pokemon. I would watch uh, YouTube videos and stuff like that. And where I had ended up moving after getting out of the Marine Corps, there was a local store nearby. And I was like, I need a place where I can make some friends because I don't know anybody, anybody out here. Uh, so I'm going to go start playing Pokemon. And ever since then, I, I met some of my best friends ever uh, just by going to a local store. Yeah, that's very cool. I actually have a couple of buddies when I first started playing who lived on base not too far out of my city. And Pokemon was their like, you know, their next best thing. Uh, yeah, aside from getaway. their careers and that, exactly. So uh, that's very, very cool. Uh, you recently just joined the Team Shuffle Squad. Tell us what that's like. That is actually awesome. Uh, so it's it, it was unexpected for me, I'll put it that way, because I never in a million years would have imagined being put on the Shuffle Squad or even being asked to do anything with the Shuffle Squad. So when I got asked, I, I was just blown away. But... Everybody there is absolutely amazing. There, it's a great support system. If you need help with something, you can just reach out to anybody. Like you can reach out to Zach Lesage, you can reach out to Cal, you can reach out to Alex or PJ or anybody that you want to talk to. Uh, they're there for you and they'll talk to you. Uh, if you need help with content, you know LDF's there, chilling. Just the content entrepreneur knows what he's doing. Like it is such a great network of people that just care about the community and definitely care about growing it. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys seem like you have a very consistent streaming and content schedule, and it's exciting to see that you just kind of filed yourself right in there, and it seems like a good fit. Uh, but what do you personally and your tight-knit community, I mean, I mean not community, but your tight-knit group of Pokemon content creators, what do you guys do for the community itself, and what's your goals with it? Uh, well, me personally speaking, uh, coming from a place of I don't know anybody uh, I want to make friends, so I'm just going to play Pokemon and maybe I can make some friends because that's how this all started for me. I wanted to use, you know, content creation as a way to get new players into actually going to their local stores and playing and kind of getting themselves out of their comfort zone and, and just growing the game that way because it's just, it's a great thing to know that there are people out there that are looking for some sort of vent you, like some way to get out of just you know everyday life and just go and do something and if my content you know can help players get out of their you know their stump and just want to go and and play at a local store and hang out with people and and grow this community then that is something that i am all for 100 percent in all chips all bets on like i am that's what i want to do so i personally just adhere to what the new players want and experienced players i'm sorry i love you but i don't care <laughs> <laughs> no totally understood and then you personally what are your goals as a content creator and competitor smile that yeah. is my only goal i want to put a smile on people's faces i don't care if i have to do it in a goofy way i don't care if i have to you know make the most meta deck in the world that i absolutely hate i, I don't care what it has to take as long as i put one smile on someone's face that says hey I like Pokemon. I'm going to play Pokemon. Hey, you got me into playing Pokemon. That's all I care about. But at the end of the day, if there's one person that I at least made smile or, you know, made think about the game, that's all I care about. Yeah, that's a great goal. Justin, do you have any questions for him? Yeah, I mean, not really questions, but I just think that's really cool that that's your goal on it. Like, a lot of people have the goal, obviously, to have the outreach um, and, you know, to, to build, like, their own little community and stuff. But the fact that you're doing it just to put a smile on there, you're not doing it, like... Our, our podcast, for instance, we, we gear a lot of our stuff towards like kind of the meta player and also an introductory to the meta field. But like the fact that your focus is on like the beginners, the people getting into the game, like that's really cool because there's a few, there's only a few people that actually do that. And the fact that your only goal is to just get people into local shops, into playing the game, um, that's really cool because like the game can 
can't grow without those people. Like it can stay the same and and just be the same competitive players over and over again. But unless someone actually gets their foot in that door by watching a video, for instance, and you know learning how to play the game, they're not going to do it. They're just going to keep collecting and things like that. So I think that's really cool. Um, and then just how much you've blown up, you know, over this whole time. Like, have you had anyone at any regionals you've been to um, since you know starting that have come up and have said that to you? Like, thank you for your videos and things like that. Uh, yeah, fun- funnily enough, yeah, but first, thank you for uh, what you said, yeah, I mean, like, numbers to me don't matter, like, when I've, I've only been doing content creation for about a year now, and the numbers to me, I don't care about them, what I care about is literally putting a smile on people's faces, but, uh, yes, I, I have been to regionals, and people would come up and be like, hey, I love your content, I love what you do, I've checked out your live streams, you're a lot of fun, I like you, stuff like that, so, it, it's been a journey, like, it's fun, I remember, uh, walking into, uh, Orlando. So I get to Orlando, getting in line to check in. I just heard someone go, that's Vulcan turtle. And I was like, who was that? Awesome. Like, <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, do you have any questions for us or anything you want to say using this platform? Uh, questions for you guys, you know, same thing for you. What made you guys want to start a podcast? Uh, well, I yeah, joined. <laughs> I joined the previous podcast that shall remain unnamed for now. Uh, very early when I started playing the Pokemon TCG, uh, they had a community well established that I funneled myself into, and I really enjoyed all the friends that I made there. Uh, you know, I I don't want to like toot my own horn or anything, but I was I'm kind of knowledgeable in at some aspect, if you will, uh, and uh, my insight was favored. Uh, by the previous hosts of that podcast and you know they brought me on and it's very cool because i love teaching the game i have a very soft spot for spicy tech and stuff like that so i love kind of that balance between like hardcore meta and rogue and i try to kind of wedge myself in between those two things so uh being able to talk about those things on a public space and have people listen when they want to and not just like you know force fed my opinions into people is just kind of a a really cool platform for me and then uh yeah that's what made me want to do continue doing podcasting uh justin yeah um well so i was actually asked by drew whenever you know pcs was starting um was the idea was starting and stuff like that um i always had kind of like the idea that i wanted to do some kind of content creation um you know streaming was something that always interests me but um, for people, I'm, I'm sure I've mentioned it a hundred times, but I'm honestly a little bit tech dumb. Like my job as a, you know, a brewer is I'm very hands-on. Like I, I use computers and stuff a lot, but like getting all that stuff for me, you know, being a, a, you know, parent and all that stuff and full-time job, like just getting that set up seems so much more than just doing like a podcast and podcasts I've, I listen to all day long every day. So it was like, that would be really cool to do that. Um, as my form of content creation if I don't have the time to actually stream regularly or have the knowledge to stream regularly um, as well as like I, I do focus a lot on the competitive side like I've I've been a very competitive player for a while now obviously like my regionals runs haven't showed for it but as far as like 1ks and things like that like um, I just I like to teach people as well too when that comes like our local league like I'm always trying to teach younger kids and stuff like that um, as well as the people on in my testing group we we love to teach people and so like out spreading that information stuff outside of that was really cool to be able to do that on something like this when approached so it was just like it was a really cool combo to be able to you know I already wanted to do something with con- content creation and when I was approached I was like this sounds right up my alley perfect and so of course you know I jumped at the opportunity when Drew presented it to me and um, and here we are. <laughs> yep. No, it's, uh, it's a good time. Uh, but thank you for coming onto the show. Thank you for talking about yourself. And I'm going to ask you again at the end of the show, but where can people find your content? Yeah, you guys can find me on YouTube at Vulcan Turtle TCG and same on Twitch at Vulcan Turtle TCG uh, and Twitter at Vulcan Turtle TCG. <laughs> yep, very, very cool. And then just real quick, it's a very self-explanatory question. You, Your favorite Pokemon is, Tor- is Torkoal. So I have to assume that that is the explanation for your name. Uh, yeah, when you don't want to get hit with a lawsuit, you just kind of like, you know, off-brand it. So <laughs> you just kind of come up with the bootleg version. Yeah, 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is a very hot topic of discussion. Judge calls and judge interaction in its entirety has been a huge issue for the Pokemon TCG as of late. Cal Connor on Twitter said, I just got DQ'd for my sleeves that were not even mine. Um, I got sleeves from a friend uh, before the event and ran with them the entire event. This is ridiculous. I have never seen this issue in my life. And we have the images of the sleeves, but those who aren't already following Cal Connor on Twitter definitely do so. Uh, but he's got like a little bit of smudging on the side, kind of like a, a black oily residue pickup, if not just a little bit of corner damage. But the specific cards that the judge had picked out were quick balls that appeared to be marked but he got a full dq and just last week we had an event happen where a player got a 26 minute extension to resleeve their entire deck i feel like this is wildly inconsistent in terms of these calls but you know well, what do we have to do to make sure this stuff gets leveled across the playing field uh turtle go ahead so i i want to point out too um there was not only just one player that got a 26-minute extension. There was a second player that got a 20-minute extension to resleeve their whole deck. So this happened twice, and this was in Vancouver. The same tournament that this happened to Cal Connor. As for what we have to do, I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm purely dumbfounded by this, by this call by the judges. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say I'll add in too, like... It is kind of crazy, um, the whole sleeve issue. Like, obviously, there's been somewhat of issues in the past. And, like, especially recently, it seems like everyone you're hearing all over social media, you know, got a, a game loss, uh, a DQ happens, things like that. Um, and it sucks that the quality of these sleeves are not meeting up to the demand. I mean, these people are also very aggressive players. They're very competitive. And, you know, you don't really have time in between every round to re-sleeve a whole deck and stuff like that. But the fact that certain people are getting extensions and other people are not, it kind of seems a little unfair in a certain aspect. Like, I will say, you know, like I said, the listeners can't see these sleeves. These look a little much. But at the same time, if, like, say your game finished, like, in time in the round, and then you got to go directly to your next game as soon as you get up... You don't really have time to sit there and inspect every single sleeve over and over. Um, I know, you know, for personal um, experience in this, uh, one of my testing partners at Orlando, he literally had a brand new pack of, and I don't, Drew, do we want to say like brands or do we want to like keep brands uh, out of this? If, if, they're, if they're Dragon Shields, call them Dragon Shields, you know, we yeah, have okay, some yeah, news yeah. to talk about that later. Yeah, so um, a lot of this these issues are Dragon Shields um, that are, you know, the issue. And he had a brand new pack of Dragon Shields that he literally sleeved on our way driving to the venue. Um, so obviously he sleeved them up, didn't have any time to look at them. It was a brand new box, pulled the plastic off in the car. Literally, I think it was round two or three, he'd already lost uh, game one. And in game two, he played like a heavy ball or something like that. And all of a sudden, you know, his opponent's hand went up and... Judge got judge came over and looked, and the sleeve out of the same exact box was a different, a, like slightly different hue than the other cards, and he literally lost the round because he got a game loss for it, which he'd already lost game one, and so he literally got disqualified for some, or not disqualified, but a, a game loss because something that wasn't even his fault. Like he literally bought this factory sealed box of sleeves, and it was different color than the rest of the sleeves in the box, and that's not even including the whole splitting issues i've been seeing stuff all over where it's like um i forget the the person who posted on twitter at vancouver they were like you know five sleeves ripped never had this happen then follow-up tweet another sleeve ripped seven sleeves ripped eight sleeves ripped. it was like they went through it was like all the way to like 10 sleeves ripped throughout their run in vancouver and it's just like why why is dragon shield having all these issues um because everyone should switch to ultimate guard honestly um <laughs> but the it's just it seems like it's a very big issue and the fact that the the it's not consistent across the board how the players are getting punished or not punished vice versa um it's kind of ridiculous honestly in my opinion i think there should be a maybe an updated thing in the rule book that says you know if this is the case you know if this is the case uh they get sleeve you know this is the penalty not 
well, this guy got this leniency, but this guy got a straight-up DQ from the tournament. Yeah, and just to note that as well, it's a waste of time. Um, You know, obviously, if your sleeves appear to be marked, yes, you should get X amount of time to resleeve your stuff. But the amount of time it takes for you to get a head judge to intervene before you just get called as a DQ or a game loss or a prize penalty uh, for sleeve-related issues, it's so inconsistent. And if you're trying to win a grindy match, if you're playing control you're playing something single prize it's you're gonna have a long game that's just the nature of it and if you are losing any of that precious time because your sleeves are discolored marked what have you it just it seems unfair and and i'm not saying like we need to have a judge for every table or anything like that that's wildly unreasonable there are a lot of judge who are doing this just out of pure passion for the game there's no real paycheck or job involved in being a tcg judge but the calls need to be consistent and this just screams inconsistency and it almost appears a little bit malicious to me personally i can agree with that you know i think what we need more than anything is we need like a no no kidding like straight up telling you this is the expectation of sleeves right we don't we don't know what a judge can be called for when it comes for sleeves at this point right at this point like there's just I could raise my hand to anything at this point and it could be right. It could be wrong because we don't have a, a no kidding way of telling when a sleeve is right or wrong. And I think if they like came up with some sort of system, kind of like how we have for cards, like you have mint near mint, stuff like that. We need like a, like a guide for sleeves on what they would find acceptable. So that way we don't have to waste all this precious time. Cause like you said, it's precious time. It's 50 minutes, best of three. That is not a lot of time. No. No, definitely not. Obviously, if you're playing like Lugia or something like that, you do you have all the time in the world. But um, it's 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 egregious. Maybe like you said, you have like the three examples on like like on, like on your lanyard where you can hold up the sleeves next to the sleeves you're judging and be like, okay, do they look like this? Okay, that qualifies as marked. Okay, this slightly marked just needs to be received, and then this high DQ. This is a different sleeve entirely. Blah 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 stuff like that but yeah you're, you're right there there just needs to be a system so that we can increase that judge consistency go ahead justin yeah i was gonna say and then this is just like i i know the regionals are already long days but maybe this is something that they can start implementing to help across the board is like when you're set up you're sitting down for the round you know how you get your two minute setup time maybe they take they go hey we're gonna give everyone an extra minute before minute two minutes before that two minute setup time Hey, everyone's sitting down. All right, check your sleeves real quick. Everyone goes through. They do a quick, you know, if they're sitting down and they're already about to set up anyways, it gives them a quick second to look over the sleeves real fast. And then, okay, cool. Now setup time starts and everyone starts shuffling and, and setting up because realistically, if you're rushing, you know, you after your round ends, you're meeting up with someone uh, like one of your buddies and stuff like that, and then you're running right back to your table, you're running to the bathroom and then running to your next game, you don't really have time to set up and like, I'm I riffle shuffle, but I'm also not like a super super aggressive shuffler. So I've very rarely had issues. So I rarely check my sleeves. But you know, if that were the case, they would definitely go, okay, hey, maybe I should check whenever I get this extra minute. Or hey, they're they're reminding me or giving me time to do it. I'm going to go make sure I do that because that could solve a lot of issues on the judging end. That could solve a lot of people worried about getting a game loss um, and just things like that in general. So. Just an idea. Um, like I said, I know the days are already long enough, but you know, adding a minute or two minutes before every round to go, you know, over the intercom, players check your sleeves before setup, blah blah blah, and fixes the issue right there. Yeah, and I I'm under the impression right now, like if you don't have Twitter, you're probably not thinking about bringing a second pack of sleeves to these events because you don't know how inconsistent these judge calls are. Yeah, and you got to think about how like new players might take this you know what i mean like not every new player is equipped to like be able to handle this kind of situation because they might not know what the expectation is like do i need two packs of sleeves like it kind of just scares people away yeah no i tend to agree it definitely seems unwelcoming which is a very good transition for our next topic of discussion at the same event vancouver some members of girl power tcg were harassed by a judge during uh they had their dinner that they had uh, that night. Uh, just to summarize, 
Natalie Miller said a Pokemon TCG judge came up to the girl or dinner last night, uh, made a ton of lewd comments towards us, and went around to tell each of the trans women some very nasty things that I'm just trying not to quote because I feel like that's just... I don't want to call it traumatizing, but it definitely is very hurtful, the things that they said. Uh, but this is absolutely unacceptable in every sense of the word and ruined all of our nights. Uh, some of us are still dealing with it. Uh, please do not do stuff like this. Regardless of your intent, your actions have consequences uh, towards others. This is obviously being reported, uh, but people should be aware. Uh, since the issue, Team Northwest has intervened, uh, but I believe is that individual has been taken care of. Uh, but this is gross. This just doesn't belong in our community. And if you're going to judge future events, you need to understand that you're going to interact with a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. If you are homophobic, transphobic, or just generally intolerant of race, gender, sexual orientation, or any other, any other similar classified field, I strongly suggest you exit the Pokemon TCG because we don't want you here. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, that is... Yeah, so it's we need to like have a filter for the, these judges man i feel it 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 seems like we're pulling people in who are just half into it for the game and another foot is you know with their attention somewhere else they they want to manipulate people harass people call dqs on half-assed uh broken sleeves what have you i just this really stirs me up this is not cool like obviously our community especially pcs like this this is a safe space for trans and queer people all together you you need not be this type of intolerant in the pokemon tcg at all yeah any thoughts i i agree uh if if you are like this uh get out uh, we don't want you here honestly uh this is supposed to be a community and, and a place for everyone to feel safe, happy, accepted, and just to be who they are. And if your intention is to take that away from someone, when they probably are already facing a lot of situations like this on a day-to-day -day basis, to, to do that in, in a place that's supposed to be their escape, in general, is just unacceptable. But to, to do it on top of that, when they're supposed to feel safe, is even worse, too. Because they feel accepted and safe and all that stuff. And they should be accepted and safe. And yet, you're supposed to be an authority figure and, and you do this to, to an individual? No. You, you get out. hundred Like, I, that enrages me. Yeah, I, I agree. And then the fact that, like, Pokemon literally just put, like, a whole thing out about, you know, being all-inclusive and this and that and then to have a judge for Pokemon come out and do the exact opposite is just, is, it's horrible. I mean, I don't know how to describe it any worse or any more than you guys did. Um, I played Eliza from Tur Team Girl Power uh, in Knoxville, and she was absolutely amazing opponent. She was so nice. We talked the entire round. She ultimately just destroyed me, um, and we had a good laugh about that afterwards. But, I mean, yeah, there. this is... This is their escape, like Vulcan Turtle said. Like, I just, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. And to do it extracurricularly when they're out at dinner, hanging out, having a good time, and you just immediately deteriorated the safe space that they were in, um, you know, you suck. You're, you're a bad dude. I hope, I hope you listen to the PCS podcast and understand that you are not welcome in this community. Uh, but Girl Power, you guys very much so are and i'm sorry you guys had to go through that but i needed everyone to kind of know our thoughts on that situation uh for news we kind of already went over it uh dragon shield has opened an issue page for those who have had issues with their sleeves as of recent due to ripping discoloration or uh just early deterioration entirely uh so make sure you're reaching out to them with any issues regarding their products uh if you're spending 70 dollars to go to an event and you buy a new pack of sleeves from a vendor who has like a very poor return policy in most instances and you're ripping straight through the sleeves don't do that uh bring your ultimate guards your katanas your cortex they'll stay together bring a couple packs if you need to that way they don't get smudges you know it sucks these are expensive events and for you to miss out on prize money because of your sleeves sucks go ahead justin yeah, I wanted to add to that too. Um, Justin Basil actually um, had a great tweet on this as well too. Uh, the, so Dragon Shield statement, um, I know they're actively like with this post trying to make things right, 
But the fact is they, they came up with this after the community has been yelling for months and months that there's issues. Um, and then just the language that Dragon Shield used, they used their whole, like, <clears throat> I know their whole shtick is, like, their, their folklore-esque, um, you know, wording and storylines and stuff like that. But, like, it, it, Justin Basil said it best. It seemed disingenuous for them to come out and admit they were wrong using that folklore thing. It's almost kind of like, hey, we're going to soften up the, the tone of we screwed up. Um, and we're, you know, we're going to make it better, but we're going to do this whole folklore way of writing things out. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. Like, yes, they're trying to make it better, but they're trying to soft, like it almost feels like they're trying to not shift the blame, but, um, soften the, uh, severity of this. Cause like we've talked about earlier, people are getting DQ, people are getting game losses because they had a lack of quality and stuff like that. So it is nice that they're making things better, but like. Wish it happened sooner. Yep. Turtle, any notes? Yeah, th- there's no way that they didn't know that there was a problem months ago. Uh, I remember a couple of months ago, I watched a guy open a brand new pack of dragon sleeves, put his card through, and it fell out the other side because they weren't actually sealed as sleeves. Oh, like, they, were just, they were just a tube. Uh, so there's no way that they didn't know that this was a problem already. And when you're arguably you know, probably the most prominent sleeve company in the Pokemon community because you can ask a lot of people and a lot of people say, oh, I'm a Dragon Shield guy. I'm personally a Katana guy. I love my Katana Hey, sleeves. thanks, buddy. I oh, don't. not me. <laughs> oh, okay. Got it. Got it. All right. Yeah, carry on. You too. You too, though. But I, I haven't gone to an event without Katanas and I've had no problems. But, uh, when it comes to Dragon Shields, like, a lot of players will stand by them and we've seen more sleeve rips on stream than any other time recently and they've all been dragon shields so there's no way that they didn't know and for them to try and soften the blow with some sort of you know lore story it's not good for pr it's really not so i'm hoping they do resolve the issue the damage has already been done there's a lot of players that have already been hurt by this uh so whatever they can offer to like make this right you know go for it but yeah i I don't know what they can really do from this point forward yeah, it definitely sucks. Um, if I if they're listening and they want any words of advice, you know, focus less on having every single color on the spectrum and focus on the quality of your product. Yes, the colors are amazing. Yes, the dual mat feature is gonna look great with silver borders, but simultaneously, it's it's for nothing if I have to change it out after every game or even halfway through a game. So, Dragon Shield, get your shit together. Um, we're going to do a brief Patreon discord update. Uh, our last standard locals on PTCGO is March 22nd at 6 PM. And we're going to make this one count for a Patreon exclusive event. This locals will feature a hundred dollar prize pool, 200 crown Zenith PTCGO codes. And of course, some sweet prizing from our sponsor ultimate guard. So if you're in the discord if you're in our patreon be sure to come hang out with us on march 22nd at 6 p.m we're playing standard and it's the last one on ptcgo r.i.p ptcgo yeah you were a good client you will oh, be missed <laughs> sad <laughs> yeah yeah for sure all right so this is uh this is my favorite part of the show predictions for the netherlands special event Vulcan Turtle, TCG, I'd like you to lead this one off, and I'll probably just piggyback off your pick. <laughs> uh, do I have to say that it's going to be the big bird? You, I mean, you don't have to, <laughs> because you, you seem more right if it's a wild pick and you nail it. But, yeah. but uh, honestly, you know, I picked Lugia last week, and yes, I was right, but no, it didn't feel good. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I think it's Duraludon's time to shine. We yeah. saw Zach Lesage get real close, fourth place uh, recently at the uh, Vancouver Regionals. And I, I think it's his time. I think it's his time to shine. I think it's Duraludon's time to shine. So I'm going to say Duraludon, top eight, if not the winner. Very good. Justin. I was rooting for Zach Lesage, too, honestly. When I, kept, I was following his run like off and on since I didn't get to watch it. I literally just kept opening up Twitter, Twitter and checking it. Um, I, I really, really thought, I really thought that top four was just going to cement that. You know, Duraludon made. I yeah. really did too. But damn it. I, so I like the idea of Duraludon's time to shine, especially since it got so close. But I think um, just from playing it recently and 
just the the top eights we've been seeing. I think I'm going to go with uh, Vika Volt. I don't know if I want to go Vika Dactyl, um, but I think a Vika Volt might actually take it. Um, but then again, it's just got to hit the right matchups and things like that. With this being a little bit of a, you know, I feel like the Netherlands special event will probably be a little bit of a smaller event. I think it might have its time to like run through uh, the field in a smaller field. So I think I'm going to go with some form of Vikavolt, whether it's straight Vikavolt or Vikadactyl. All right. Um, Lost Box, Zamazenta, insert Raikou or Rayquaza here. That is, uh, that's my pick for this event. Um, Arctura is a fantastic deck, uh, but I think that there's just not enough Dura cultists in Brazil, or not in Brazil, but the Netherlands, uh, to make it work. If, um, you know, if Stefan Ivanov is on Duraladon, then yes, we're chilling. But I personally think it'll probably be Lost Box Dam. It's also not a bad pick. Yeah, that's a good pick too. Honestly, yeah, I think I think it's good. I, you know, obviously winning the uh, that Aichi event has probably got a lot of people over there just not wanting to change their format too much by playing something that doesn't entirely rotate yet. So that's that's my thoughts on the matter. But those are our picks. Uh, Turtle, go ahead and plug your stuff one more time, and then I'm gonna have Justin do the same for us. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm. Vulcan Turtle TCG. You guys can find me on YouTube at Vulcan Turtle TCG, uh, Twitter at Vulcan Turtle TCG, and on Twitch at Vulcan Turtle TCG. Oh man, so much diversity! Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> you can nice check out easy. the Shuffle yeah. Squad too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There's where the plugs we were looking for. Yeah, Justin, go <laughs> ahead, buddy. Yeah, um, if you guys want to find me on Twitter, my handle is PokeBrewsTCG. And if you want to find me on Instagram, my handle is PokeBrews. Uh, Instagram is the easiest way to reach me currently. On both socials, you can find my Linktree account, where you can find things like my TCG Player Affiliate link. If you use that link, any shopping you do directly supports the show and upcoming regional expenses. All while I co- ah, blah, blah, world words are hard. All while costing you nothing extra. You can also find these things like our PCS Podcast official merchandise by Bonfire. That link is bonfire.com/store/pcspod. Um, we also have a Twitch channel where we'll be live streaming the pod every week, as well as doing some tabletop games once we get that going. Um, and you can find that at twitch.tv slash pcspod. Um, and on to you, Drew. All right. If you want to check out my latest Gardevoir EX video, go ahead and check out my YouTube at KatanaTCG. On Twitter, I am also KatanaTCG. And then when you're shopping for gaming supplies, especially those of the Ultimate Guard variety, make sure you're checking out inkgaming.com and use code PCSPOD10 for 10% off your entire order there and then if you'd like to join our patreon and support the pod and see all the cool community givebacks that we have uh check out our patreon at pcs uh, patreon.com slash pcs podcast you get entries to the monthly giveaway as well as entrance to the pcs locals and that's gonna do it for our show vulcan turtle thank you so much for hanging out with us it was a blast yeah thank you guys for uh letting me on it was a lot of fun yeah very cool all right send us out of here justin We'll see you guys next week. See ya.